All right. So the magic silver box, which I stress is not just a shoe box that I cut a hole in the top of and covered with uh, silver paper three years ago. Um, it's a magic box. And there are little pieces of paper on the table here and a pen and we'll hopefully get another pen out there too. So that during the intermission, you can write a question on a piece of paper, put it in the box. And then if I ask your question during the panel discussion, you win a prize. These are fabulous prizes donated by uh, primarily by local Queens businesses. Hi, this is Catherine Lasota, host of LIC Reading Series. In this episode of our podcast, you're going to hear the panel discussion from our September 11, 2018 event. This event had a special focus on Queens with four writers instead of our regular three, and all four writers are based in Queens. We have poets, we have novelists and short story writers, and some essay writers in here as well, and they're all really amazing Queens literary citizens too. In the panel discussion, I ask a couple of questions, and then we move on to the Magic Silver Box, which is a feature of the LIC Reading Series where our audience members put questions in the Magic Silver Box, and then I pull some of those questions out of the box and ask them during the panel discussion. Um, If you want to hear the readings from this evening's event, just go back one episode in the podcast series and you can hear the readings from these four writers. But right now we're going to jump into the podcast uh, episode featuring the panel discussion from September 11th, 2018 with a special focus on Queens with Nancy Agabian, Trace DePass, Mira Nair, and Alex Segura. Alex, you you touched on this a little bit with your anecdote, but I wonder if each of you could just share maybe how or why you ended up in Queens. I think you're all not originally from Queens, or I'm not sure about Trace. You were you were born in Queens. Oh, what? You didn't really have a choice. You were born here. <laughs> But you stayed. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about why you're in Queens and what you think, what brought you to Queens, why you stayed in Queens, what Queens um, maybe affords you as a writer. And any one of you could start that question. Um, Trace is going to do it. (laughs) I'll go. Um, Well, um, I was born in Jamaica, Queens. Uh, from a hip hop producer and uh, my mom who wanted to be a singer at the time when I was born. Uh, I think there's a lot of art and history embedded into Queens, uh, particularly as you get into South Jamaica in recent years. Um, I was named after my great grandfather, who was also a poet, he who lived, who was from Jamaica and as in the actual West West Indies and then moved to Jamaica, Queens. Um, and his name was Howard DePass. My full name is Trace Howard DePass. So I kind of, in, in time, viewed my name as like a poem or a command in some way um, for him. He left me a book of poems called Bridges, uh, The Meanderings of a Moderately Muddled Mind. That was the whole thing. Um, and yeah, I, I took what he was doing with... Um, with traditional or classic poetry, which was very romantic to me, uh, and try to try to blur it uh, with all these things uh, that I'm doing now in my work. Uh, uh, hmm. I think that being that we are isolated sometimes in Queens, we often find ourselves in Brooklyn or 
in uh, different areas for specific uh, events. On those deadly trains. Yeah, on these deadly <laughs> trains. Um, I don't know. In my area, I didn't have a lot of places to go to, and, and especially after school. Um, so I, I had to go to an Urban Word in Manhattan. I had to go to a Scholastic Art and Writing Awards for a thing. Uh, it, there were, I didn't even have like a, a theater program in my own school. Um, but I'm, I'm realizing that there, there was a, uh, there was an age, there was an age thing happening. There was a bunch of things in Queens that weren't necessarily for me yet. Um, but, and also there were, there are, there are conversations that I needed to be making for my own age as well. Uh, and I'm glad that Queens is, is affording me that now. Yeah. That's great. Thanks. I just feel like there's a sense of. Sorry, they could. Oh no, there's a sense of starting. You know, I feel like there's so many established uh, things in Brooklyn or Manhattan, and and for Queens, it feels like we're kind of getting in on the ground floor, which is isn't to minimize anything that's been going for a long time, but you know, stuff like this or stuff like Noir at the Bar or the Queens Book Festival, Queens Lit Fest, things that are starting out, you can kind of get your foot in the door and be part of, as opposed to kind of waiting your turn. So for me, Queens was just like the the run for groceries, you know, <laughs> like, oh, I'm going to come from Brooklyn. I'm going to buy my basmati rice and I'm going to buy the curry leaves and I'm going to go back home uh, to Brooklyn. And then, <laughs> and then someone suggested that the we had a kid and, um, you know, someone suggested the schools are better. And I was like, eh, OK. So then I, you know, I'm being the New York mom and being like crazy Asian tiger mom, I acknowledge. Uh, <laughs> um, I was like, okay, let me do the research. And I was like, oh my God, the Queens schools are so much better. <laughs> and that was it. And so we moved to Jackson Heights right next to the damn school my kid was going to go to and the GNT program she was going to go to. And that was it. That's how I ended up in Queens. But then Jackson Heights, oh my God, I love Jackson Heights so much. Um, yeah. So, I mean, you know, I cook a lot. I love, I love to have people in my house. That's how I grew up. Like our house was open door. People walked in and out. Nobody ever called. People just came. Um, and that's what I have in Queens. You know, I have all my friends and like, right around me and they all just like hey what did you make for dinner i'm coming over you know and i i just i love that and and so that's what that's why that's what queens is to me like friendship family you know as immigrants we don't have family here but our friends are our family and so that you know like i've made my family in jackson heights mira in your story there's the uh, the character saying friendship is different in New York. Is friendship different in Queens? No, she said that. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm a I'm a sleep deprived mother. Uh -huh. Well, it's a good it's a good segue because you mentioned friendship in Queens. Do you think? Uh, yes, I do think friendship is different in Queens. So yeah. in Brooklyn, I would be cooking all the time. As I I just cook. I mean, it's it's like an outlet for me. Like you know, I just love to cook. And uh, in Brooklyn, I would be feeding the entire neighborhood, but nobody invited me over. No, that's not right. <laughs> not, not right, not really. Maybe but then, the best okay, so I'll tell you a story. I land, I went to, I went to vacation in India for the summer after three years, and I, I came back 
after a very stressful summer, really seriously, everybody, there was a monsoon, like flood. And I was like traveling for 17 hours to get from where it's usually like two hours to get from my mom's place to my husband's in-laws place. But I was traveling 17 hours because everything was cut off. Anyway, I land and I immediately get phone calls saying, hey, come over and eat. You know, and that's that's the kind of like place of Queens is. It's it's very tight. You know, we're all tight. So um, I love it. I love Jackson Heights so much. <laughs> Nancy? Um, so I was teaching here. <clears throat> uh, I was teaching at Queens College. And I had moved to New York from L.A. and had been in Manhattan for like four years. And when I started teaching at Queens, it was just a revelation because... Like I said earlier, everyone was from somewhere else, and I I hadn't been in an educational situation like that before, and it just felt like, um, I don't know, that I had wished I'd gone to a school like that. I loved reading the stories of my students, and it just felt like there were so many stories here that need to be heard about immigration and, and race and and class and it I don't know Queens is kind of spunky like people you know like people (laughs) rebel and I I don't know I that's what I love about it Mm. spunky (laughs) I think I feel like you're all very and this term gets used a lot uh, but I think it's an accurate term of like good literary citizens and I feel like you're engaged with Queens and specifically and I guess Nancy you touched on this a little bit but what what do you think is different about um or or what's special about maybe the the writing community new writers working with new writers um being a literary citizen in this borough, can you speak to that a little bit specifically? Not not just writing in this borough, but being involved in the community. And we'll move to the silver box soon. I promise. I just, I feel like there's less of a hierarchy, you know, especially, you know, doing a reading series. If I get an, if someone's new and they just want to break in, they'll, to me, they'll just jump to the top of the pile because they need that more. They need that exposure more. Um, and I feel like there's less, there's fewer rings you have to jump through to, to make it or get that opportunity. Um, I try to be mindful of that. I, the thing, you know, I try to participate and do stuff and, you know, not just to promote my own work, but to help and promote others. And I think part of it is you want to treat other writers the way you'd like to be treated as a, as a creator in terms of inclusion and being considered and getting opportunities. So I think those are more readily available in Queens. In general, Queens, I feel like, uh, follows the golden rule across the board. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe that's my impression, but, um, Nancy or Mira? Uh, with, with us, with Queen's Writers Resist, we, we, were, we had a very clear, we were very clear in our mandate to ourselves that we were going to promote Queen's writers. Like we felt like Manhattan and Brooklyn, you know, they all have all the fancy reading series and really we don't have anything in, in, in like in Queen's, not enough anyway. And, um, we also wanted, you know, we, we wanted to be promoting people across, people, you know, get voices that are not usually heard, you know. And so we, like, we wanted to do things like where we, we were very much like it has to be a Queen's writer, it has to be a Queen's artist, 
um, and that that's like something that we are not going to compromise on. And so we we when we sort of went out and started looking, it was amazing the amount of art and artists and uh, writers and performers and everything that live in Queens and and. You know, so it, it, we've never had a problem getting people to read, and that shows you how much there is here. But it's kind of a neglected borough, you know. So I just felt like um, I'm always for the underdog, you know. <laughs> so we were like, yeah, Queens. <laughs> so yeah, so the Queens Writers Resist series is always it's so varied. I mean, you know, we'd have a Pakistani American or Iranian American or a Guyanese American I don't know you know like all the hyphenated peoples who are reading <laughs> you gonna, love it he's yeah. gonna start the hyphenated peoples reading series <laughs> well it, it came about because we it was right after the inauguration and we knew there were events activist events and there were artists events, but we didn't know of anything specifically in Queens that combined both. And and our community had a lot to say, so. Yeah, I mean, the first event, we had the Queens Writers Resist, the first event. I think, so we have them at Terraza, which is this amazing, if you haven't been to it, you need to like drop everything <laughs> and go to it right now. It's this amazing kind of Latin bar which has like a, a reading space on top and has the most amazing musical acts on other nights. And so the first reading, it was just so jam-packed. Um, I remember they had the TV on downstairs because people couldn't, like there wasn't enough space upstairs. And I was like, wow, there is such a need and such a desire for art here. And, you know, so that really gives us the, it's very difficult. We all have jobs and, and I know Catherine, you know how this is. It's very difficult to run a series and, you know, sort of do all the work. And, and we still kind of persist because every time we have it, we are like, oh my God. <laughs> I have to yeah. say, and Carl can attest to this, every month I'm like, <sighs> yes. <laughs> and then, and then when it's over, it's like, that was the best part of my month. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> People seem so appreciative. Like when you do these events, just the people coming and even the readers, like, thank you so much for the opportunity. And I don't feel mm -hmm. the same way when you do stuff in Manhattan or not to disparage other boroughs, but Queens is obviously the best. But, um, <laughs> you know, there's a sense of like, you know, they're so hungry for these moments. And so when you have something like a reading mm -hmm. event, it's it's meaningful. And also shout out to Astoria Bookshop, who has yes. done yeah, who has. Out. You know, who have been amazing. Their readings are incredible, too. Yeah. They're really, really great. Really great events mm -hmm. in a story bookshop. should check it out. <laughs> Do you have anything to add to that, Trace? Or? Um, well, yes. I have. Um, I recently co-founded uh, a startup called Southside Thrives. Uh, we just did our first two events with Jamaica Center for Arts and Learning, <gasps> where we were gathering data, essentially, about... Uh, about what the what the community wants, you know, uh, particularly South Jamaica and uh, the Rockaways, South Ozone, the Greater Jamaica area is what some people refer to it as. I don't know if everyone uses that term, knows what that is, um, because uh, there are there are a bunch of new buildings coming in to Jamaica Avenue, which is a huge, huge space, a very populated area, and um, we. <clears throat> We want to make sure that we're ready for that transition because it's it's coming. Mm -hmm. um, but there's been a, a lot of collaboration and commitment to that recently within Queens. Uh, 
and I'm very uh, excited about uh, the future of it. That's great. Yeah, I feel like in this borough, people get excited about something and they then they do something about it. Yeah, it's just really invigorating. Mm -hmm. and, and all of you do that. And I want to just say thank you. And um, I'm going to move to the magic silver box, but I just want to applaud. Just quick round of applause for these guys for like doing things for Queens. Thank you. All right, guys, this is how the magic silver box is going to work. We're going to have four questions. Each author is going to get a question. This is how we're going to determine who gets the first question. I'm thinking of an item of clothing. Okay. Mira? Yes. <laughs> Each of you names an item of clothing. Whoever is closest gets the first question. What? Yeah. <laughs> That's how we do things here at the LIC Reading Series. I have to name a question of clothing? An article of clothing. So a piece of clothing. Okay, sorry. Okay. Trace? Um, pants. Okay. Hat. Hat. A shirt. Okay, so we have sorry, pants, hat, and shirt. This is tricky. <laughs> I might have to see if you agree with me that for various reasons, which might not be obvious at first, hat might be the closest to sandal. In that, it's an accessory. No, well, what's closer? Pants, because it's, oh, oh, who, who says pants? Raise your hand. Okay. I'm overruled. I think overruled. a hat goes best with sorry, actually. <laughs> well, that's a whole other game. <laughs> and in fact, rules, that's why yeah. you guys run a series together. <laughs> hat and sorry. <laughs> All right. So, where are we going? All right, the asker of this question is going to get a drink. A drink ticket for yourself and a friend. Ooh. I know, it's usually one drink ticket, but it's a special night we're celebrating Queens, <laughs> and I want you to make friends with each other. <laughs> so pants was Trace, right? Yeah. Trace's pants. You have great pants. Thanks. All right. So, Trace, the question is, how do you know that you need to write about a certain topic or event? Who asked this question? Yes. <laughs> sure. Um, hmm. How do I know that I need to write about a certain topic or event? Um, hmm. It'll it'll consume me. Like I'll get obsessed with it. <laughs> You know, and so until it's out on paper, I, I wish that question had like a part two, because I want to know where where you wanted where you uh, needed me to go. Um, but make friends at the bar. <laughs> let's see. What? Okay. What? What? Well, you said you got a prompt for the for the Pete poem, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 Um. Uh, Mm -hmm. so, why, so you could take that okay so um, with my writing personally I don't really stick to uh, the binary of lyric and narrative or addressing to like one particular audience I try to sh shift the image and make it uh, translate into different uh, 
languages that are like the same language, if that makes sense. Um, so I'll, I'll, I like coming up with a topic or playing with the topic that I'm given and seeing how much I can break out of it while staying in it. Like I'll try to play with silence in a sonnet, you know, in order to stay within uh, the count of it. Um, and I think if, if, if my, my own whimsy can match uh, the, that content, um, or if uh, the prompt, if I can find a way to make the prompt match my own whimsy, uh, it, I have something cooking there. Mm. I have some torque to work with. Um, yeah. yeah. I think that's a good answer. That was good. I like Thank that. You. Yeah. And guess what? You're off the hook for the next question. Cool. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Mira, Nancy, and Alex. <laughs> MNA. Um, I'm that's thinking, us. that's you. I'm thinking of an animal. We'll go in reverse. We'll start with Alex. A tiger. Interesting. Nancy. Rabbit. Rabbit. Mira. Dog. Mm -hmm. Again, it could be questionable, but I know what you're going to say. Because I was going with a house cat. <laughs> tiger. I mean, I was going to say tiger. But I'm like, dog is also a Dog is a also a domestic animal. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> Sorry, Alex. It's you. Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> tiger pants. I had to try. Um, the asker of this question gets a gift certificate. If I could get it out of the box. To a mysterious dark blue place. <laughs> You won't know till you get the envelope. No, I'm kidding. It's the um, LIC Corner Cafe, which oh, is a cool. lovely cafe near the Court Square station, just a block away. Um, and uh, not only lovely coffee drinks and tea and lemonades and blah, 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 but man, delicious homemade food. Um, I usually push the pie, but she's not making pie right now. She's making homemade Pop-Tarts. Mm. guava and goat cheese mm. ooh, ooh. this is just a sample of the delicacies that you will find <laughs> at I mean also sandwiches and egg dishes you know if your sweets aren't your thing so <laughs> Alex Mr. Tiger I'm ready we're just gonna put this all together pants tiger tiger pants tiger pants yeah. tiger pants tiger pants okay could be much worse speaking of worse your question is <laughs> and who, who asked this what is the, and this is in very big words in all caps, what is the worst <laughs> part of being a writer? Oh. And what's the best? Who asked that question? <gasps> all right. Very good. What is the worst? I'll do the best because I like the good news first. The best part is finishing. <laughs> I can't. You know, I can't describe how the high I get just from typing the end or revising another draft, especially with novel length stuff. It's just feels like such a marathon. And so now we're easing into the worst part. And the worst part is just those moments of self-doubt where you're just, especially with the first draft, I think even if you resign yourself to the understanding that a first draft is going to suck, 
It's mm-hmm. that feeling. Usually, it usually happens about a third into the draft where you're like, "What am I doing? Like, why does this even exist? Like, who are these characters? Why do I ca- like? Uh, do I even care about the ending? Like, it just becomes this like s- this echo chamber of self loathing." Um, <laughs> are you talking about the best part still? No. Yeah. We're, we're, <laughs> okay. Yeah. I guess it, it evolve. It becomes something good when you finish. But I think those moments of self doubt. Um, and then that, you know, when you finish, before you finish, you have that anxiety of, is anyone going to read this? You know, is anyone going to like this? Um, but once you finish and once, you know, other, you have, I usually send it out to beta readers, especially after the first or second draft. And, and that's when you start to feel like, okay, you know, it was all worth it. This, this whole marathon, this whole stretch, it, it was, the journey was meaningful. So I think that's the best part. Awesome. Wait. And the worst part was. The middle. The middle part. Yeah, the middle part sucks. So you started you started with the good, you went to the bad. But I closed out with the good. You closed with yeah. the good. That was kind of good. Yeah. That was really it's like a Disney well movie. done. <laughs> yeah. It's very much like a Disney yeah. movie. <laughs> Probably some animal's parent has to die. Not not the tiger. <laughs> not the tiger. <laughs> good call. Okay. We're getting down to Nancy and Mira. Dun, dun. <laughs> Should I be afraid? Be very afraid. No. (laughs) Don't be afraid. I'm thinking of a letter of the alphabet. Mira. B. Nancy. H. It's like the price is right. Am I right? Okay. So we got a B and an H. Which reminds me of a photo supply store. You guys are like one mind. <laughs> All right. We try, we try. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> oh, I'll tell you. <laughs> the letter was E. Hold on a second. B, D, B, C, D, E, F, G, H. If it's Price is Right rules, you can't go over. I didn't specify that, but I like that that call. So we had B was Mira. All right, all right, okay. Mira, this is for you. The asker of this question, if I can get it out of the box again, is a gift cards for Catherine. Is a um, brown paper bag. <laughs> What? No, it's not. It's a gift certificate to Sweet Leaf Coffee. Yay. Yay. There are two locations in Long Island City, you guys. So caffeinate up. Um, the location on Center Boulevard here also does cocktails after seven. Fun fact. And they serve food all, all week long now. Not just on the weekend. Yeah. Okay, so... Mira, <clears throat> the question is, do you force yourself to write at times when you don't feel like it? Who asked this one? Yes, you get some coffee gift card. There you go. <laughs> do you force yourself to write at times when you don't feel like it? Uh, yes and no, which is weird. I mean, but uh, <laughs> I do sometimes, meaning... If I have, I'm like, you have to get this story done because it's been seven months and you are crazy (laughs) and you haven't finished it. And so you're like, no, you have to do it. That's it. So I wake up at five 
and sit at my desk because I also have a full-time job and uh, <laughs> and I will write it. And then other days, I'm like, hey, whatever, snooze, 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 <laughs> snooze. So, yeah. So, <laughs> I do, if there's something like that's really, like, I need to finish it and I want to send it out and whatever, and um, I will force myself to write it. And there are days when it's just got me by the throat, like the the, the things I want to write, that I have to finish it. It's It's like I can't sleep at night because I haven't finished it. So I will force myself, and I don't have to force myself. I'm just up, and I can't sleep anyway, so I'm writing. So, yeah. So, like for instance, the kuchi, the thing that I read with the Sunaina Dumala and the Kuchi Bodla story was so. It just got me so bad that I had to write it, and I had to finish it, and I had to send it out. And I was like, I'm going to send this somewhere, and so I'm going to write it because, and it was also very current, and I wanted it to come out when it was still fresh in memory of people. So I just forced myself to write it, yeah. Thank you for forcing yourself to write that. <laughs> we all appreciate it. Um, Nancy, we're gonna end with the question that's on everyone's mind. Is Trump going to get impeached? Oh, well. <laughs> I wish we had the answer. <laughs> but Robert couldn't make it tonight. Mueller. 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 All right, the asker of this question, but you know, it is kind of a political question. It's going to get a gift card to the Astoria Bookshop. It's good for in-store purchase, guys, and it's a lovely bookstore right off of the bra, it's not really, it's closed right now. 30th Avenue stop, um, really wonderful bookstore. Go for one of their events and like pick up a, a book. <laughs> These books are great. Okay, the question is, and I'll clarify in case anyone doesn't know what this is referring to. What did you think of the Cynthia Nixon bagel controversy? <laughs> And what do you like to eat on a bagel, especially if an odd combination? Now, for anyone who's unfamiliar, the Cynthia Nixon bagel controversy is that she ordered, I believe, lox and cream cheese on a cinnamon raisin bagel. Sounds disgusting. We know how Barry feels about it. It's a bold move right before the primary, which don't, don't forget to vote on Thursday, guys. <laughs> Big one, Thursday. So what we need to know from Nancy is how do you feel about that controversy and what do you like on a bagel? And what <laughs> kind of bagel? That's what we need to know. I, wait, who, wait, wait, who asked this? Yes, you did. That's a good question. I have mixed feelings about this. <laughs> because my first thought was maybe that wouldn't be bad. <laughs> But then I was reading about it, and there were some journalists that decided to try it, and everyone said it was like the most disgusting thing. <laughs> and so I was convinced by that. And it really makes me not want to vote for her. <laughs> 
and I'm I'm appalled that I feel that way. <laughs> that something like that could influence me that way. I, uh, I think we asked the right person this question. <laughs> you really investigated this. And what I like on a bagel that might be unusual. Mm. Hmm. I've put I've been known to put peanut butter on it. Okay, yeah, it makes sense. It's protein. Do you feel like you're getting shunned because he's like a cream cheese New York kind of? Oh, what kind of bagel? I don't think it matters. Oh. <laughs> I've done it on an everything, yeah. Okay. Oh. Peanut butter on an everything. <laughs> <laughs> I might have to rethink my relationship with me. Oh, I can get behind that's like sweet and salty, which yeah. maybe is why you're like, oh, maybe the cinnamon raisin yeah. thing was okay, but yeah, I think yeah. it's the inclusion of the locks. The locks, yeah, the locks is, and the capers off. goes a little too far. Were there capers? Yeah, it's a oh. little too far. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. That's confusing. Such an Como over capers. <laughs> New York politics is real. <laughs> And I think that your answer is a wonderful conclusion here because it, it stresses the importance of good journalism. <laughs> this journalist tested it out, which is good writing, which you all are, and you are representing Queens, and I'm so proud of our borough tonight. Let's give a big round of applause for Alex, Nancy, Trace, and Mira. LIC Reading Series is made possible in part by the Queen's Council on the Arts with public funds from the New York City Department of Cultural Affairs in partnership with the City Council. Our theme music is by longtime LIC resident Pat Irwin. <laughs>